Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to Film Busters. This episode is sponsored by Earth to Earth Organics. This is going to be our biggest podcast ever. Yes, it is, because we've been very much looking forward to this. This is the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. We're all excited to hear everyone's opinions. But, um, you know, first we've got to get to the staple of the episode, which is the quiz, which oh, yeah. uh, we do every episode. I ask Adam and Ben a couple of questions. If they get it wrong, I get a point. If they get it right, they get a point. Yay. So far, Ben is on nine, Adam's <laughs> on seven, and mm. I'm on eight. Yay. How do you feel about that? You just going to be silent? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm prepared for the quiz. By the way, listeners, Adam's drunk. Just mm, so drunk. you're aware, we're recording this late Sunday afternoon. He's just been watching his Chelsea team not do very well. So I'm not drunk. I've been I've been having a sleepy day. So I've been watching football. I nap during the first game of football. Oh, I see. Okay. Sounds horrendous. <laughs> so then, this is my chance to go into number eleven and leave you two in single digits in the dust. It is nine to eleven. Come on in. Or I could overtake you. Ooh, or I could be joining. Or Adam you. could join top. Oh, there's all oh, to play for. This is more exciting than I gave it credit for. Exciting. <laughs> Should we go for the first you. question? Oh, lovely. Yeah, let's. Okay, so obviously you know what the first question is. Tagline. It's a question. tagline oh. question. The tagline is: He's never been to Earth. He's never even slept over some other dude's house. What the fuck <laughs> is that? That sounds like an awful film. He's Adam, never you been, know this. <laughs> he's never been to Earth. He's never even slept over some other dude's house. <laughs> They're all Tarantino-related, aren't they? Yes. It is Tarantino-related. That's the only clue I'm giving you. He's never been to Earth. He's never even slept over at some other dude's house. Yes. It, it's not a film that Tarantino's directed, though, is it? No. Listen, how many clues <coughs> do you want me to give you? Oh, mate, this is a point for Paul. This is going to be a real struggle. Adam, just take a guess. I'm trying to think, but I'm trying to think of something that could be a guess. Say the tagline again, please. He's never been to Earth. He's never even slept over some other dude's house. He's never even slept over some other dude's house. Well, <laughs> It's, the, it's the, the worst tagline I've ever heard. Yeah, it sounds it. The, the only thing I <laughs> can think... How in keeping with the film is this? Like... Yeah. Is it actually the film you'd actually go, okay, that's the tagline for that film? Um, I think if you really think about it, you'll get it. This is the most stumped we've ever been by a question on this thing, I think. Yeah. Do you want another yeah. clue? Or yeah, is that cheating? Clue. Okay, Quentin Tarantino appears in this film. Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay, so I'm going to give you another clue, but I've automatically got this point because I've given you some clues. No, no, wait. Well, no, wait, wait, I don't no, want the clue wait, then. Wait. Let me just take a guess then in that case. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go on then. I don't think it's going to be right, but true romance. No. Mm. The only thing I could think of was four rooms. It's about people sleeping in other houses. But, no. Is uh, that your yeah. guess? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it. not that. Sorry. Okay, I this, is, this is the other clue, just to see if you can get it. Quentin Tarantino is a preacher. Oh, fucking little Nicky. Yes, well done. Jesus. I never would have connected it with that. Never in a million years. I think that is like an obvious one of him appearing in, though. Don't you remember (laughs) him? Yeah, it is. I do remember him in it. That's you clutching at straws and wanting points by making the questions too hard. (laughs) Sorry, okay. Name name Adam's catching up with me. Let me give myself a point. If I was to name three films that Quentin Tarantino has appeared in that he he didn't direct, it would be Little Nicky, it would be Dust Till Dawn, and 
what else? That's still Dawn's I can't honestly can remember in Little Little Nicky, and I've seen that film. Like he's a blind months. preacher man on the yeah. street. Yeah, he's, he's wacky. He, he falls down a subway staircase. <laughs> he does. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's pre- he's pretty good in that. <laughs> well done, Paul, for stumping the boys. Well, Twat. have to try. It would have been too easy otherwise. That's right. So this is your chance yeah. to potentially take over. Should we go to the next question? One thing's for damn sure. Adam's in last place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is all good now because I can get the next one right. Then I'll leapfrog you in one week. Well, Come I on. think one of you will get this one. Are you ready? Yes. In Pulp Fiction, Ugh. what is the name of the fictional restaurant Vincent and Mia go Big to? Big Kahuna Burgers. Wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. You leapt at I it, just, but I actually don't I think know. I know the answer. It's going to be something diner. Um, but okay. it is not going to come to me. Yeah, I'm just I'm, this is one. fucking annoying. Because now Paul just takes it. Um, I wanted the point. I wanted the point too desperately. You did. I don't know. I had to impress. I had to impress. Circle diner. I'm going to call it. Wrong. Fuck it. Jack Rabbit Slims. Oh, I thought that was the name of the cigarettes. No, no, that's red that's apple. Red apples. apple, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I would. I thought I was trying to think. I was trying to think. You were thinking of the diner at the beginning when they go for breakfast. Mm. That's what I had in my yeah, head you, you when you said too diner. Quick. That's not even. But even that's not big. I reckon I, would, I. I do know the name Jack Rabbit Slims. Yeah. Well, that's very annoying. Paul just well, on top, and you would go top on a Tarantino week. I've got ten. I know. Ben's you have. got nine, and Adam's it's got seven because this is Tarantino's. No, it's not his tenth film. Is it his tenth or his ninth film? Nah, Either Kill way, will be correct. Correct. <laughs> well, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, I think it's quite quite great. I think it's quite fitting that I should lose my lead on Tarantino week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do our ad spot. Adam and Ben, do you have dry skin? From time to time, yes. How about you, Adam? When I come out of the shower. Are you looking for a skincare brand that only contains natural ingredients? Yes! Because I have one for you. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's Earth to Earth Organics. It's an innovative, eco-friendly and high-quality provider of body butters, body oils and body washes. They believe that if there's something you wouldn't put in your body, then you shouldn't put it on your body. All products are made with natural ingredients and everything has been made with the environment in mind, from manufacturing to packaging. The Earth to Earth philosophy has always and will always be about health and happiness. They aim to inspire a more back to basics, natural and healthy way of living through whichever means possible. You can find Earth to Earth Organics at www.earthtoearthorganics.com. Now let's get to the review and the feature of the week. The main event. Here is our feature topic. Plus, Adam might do a rubbish plot summary. Fucking serious. Right, guys, we are talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is a spoiler episode, so we will be talking about everything that happens in the film. If you haven't seen it, then do not listen to this. But if you want to hear everything we have to say, then do listen, Adam. Would you like to explain the plot? Oh, oh, that's quite difficult. Um, it's a Tarantino <clears> film, so yeah, it's a bit of a weird plot. There isn't a lot of plot for the length of film, which I'm quite surprised about. But it's basically focused on these two actors, well, an actor and his stuntman. Um, the actor was kind of coming to a bit of a weird point in his career, let's say. Um, 
And he's starting to come on a bit of a downward turn and he's trying to think of the next step. And you follow him and his stuntman who is also running out of work. And they live next door to Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski, as you're probably aware of the Manson murders, which this film also focuses on. And you follow their story around Hollywood across two days, is it? Yeah. Two days, one in February and one in August in 1969. And um, yes, let's get to the reviews. So you can tell that Adam really liked it because he was serious about the review. Yes. I didn't know where to go with it. I was trying to think of weird shit to do, but yeah. And then it gets fucking weird. Well, let's get into this fucking thing, man. Yes, let's do. I'll, I'll go first. I gave this film a 9 out of 10. It's the highest film I've given all year. It is the highest film you've given all year. It's very nice. It's about, about time. It's about time. Oh, yeah. Ben, we know what your review is, so sell me your score as well. Yeah, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed this film. <laughs> yes, my heart jumped because I was because it was like half anticipation, half disappointment. Because part of me really wants you to go, but it's a seven. I want you to go low. If you go ten, I'll kill you. <laughs> if you go ten, I will murder you. Let me think of my next words correctly. Uh, but thinking about it now. It's not very memorable, and I give it an eight. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, I'm going to go in first. I gave it high, so I'll go in first. I go understand that this film isn't perfect. I understand that this film has a lot of flaws, which I've briefly discussed with you. It's not It's not a good film when you've got to start your whole review no, off by saying that, though, but is it? <laughs> when you've got right. to start on no, the negative. No, listen, listen. <laughs> let me, man, high pitch. finish. Let Sorry, finish. high pitch. <laughs> Um, but I very much enjoyed the film and I very much enjoyed the setting of the film and I got very much engrossed with the whole relationship between Leo and Brad I thought they were a wonderful duo and I just I did sit back and just think yes it was a little bit long but I just completely lost and I got involved in the romance of the film as such I for once it was I just very much enjoyed my time watching the film so therefore I had to give it a high rating and then the ending was just something well we'll talk to the ending in a bit mm-hmm yeah, that that's why I gave it. it a 9 out of 10 I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect I'm not saying I can understand that this, that's why I didn't get 10 out of 10 but I very much enjoyed my time watching it but you're, you're, you're classing it on the level with The Shining in terms of being it's yeah. as good as The Shining well it's not though because I give The Shining like a 9, 10 where this is more of a 9 the lower end of a 9 if that makes sense but uh, yeah, so that's fine so if you had to grate him I'd put The Shining above this um, but um, also, I don't know if it's the whole thing of like when I first watched Django, I came out really enjoying it. I watched it again, and I'm thinking the romance wears off, and then you can't you start the flaws come even higher and higher out of the film. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, we're all in in a, in slightly different positions in terms of when we see it because I obviously saw it about three weeks ago, so I've had a little more time to sit with it. And like I said, eight is a good score, so I did enjoy the film. But as time has gone on, I wouldn't bring it down to a seven I'll stick with my guns but as time has gone on it's the, all the bad bits that have stuck with yeah. me and none of the good bits I agree okay. and you just saw it yesterday Paul so what's your, your yeah, impression I, it's, it's such a strange film I've I've really enjoyed it the, the strange thing is I really enjoyed it the whole way through but there was as you say the, the bits that stick with you and there was a lot of bad bits that I was like even when I was watching the film, I was like, I, I don't like this bit. Or, and and the, the, f- the film yeah. felt so long and I felt it. I felt the length of the film. See, I, yeah, did, I, did I didn't, didn't feel the length of the film. There were, I, 
I looked at my watch at like halfway through and I thought, oh, oh shit, they've been like, it's been on for like an hour and a half, but it didn't feel like that. The only bits that the only bits that made me ruin the film was his quite obvious obsession with feet. I've never noticed this in a Tarantino. It's probably because you're more aware of it coming into this film, but it always off-putting in the film. The amount of times he tried putting it in there, it wasn't like they needed to be there. It was like he has shoehorned this in there for the sake of his own pleasure. I think he did it on purpose because he knows everyone knows he has a thing about feet. It felt yeah, I know unnaturally. Yeah, that's why, and it just it. like, no, this is just quite obvious, this is annoying me now, this bit in the scenes. Now he definitely me. did overdo it, and like, everyone yeah. knows it as a foot thing, but it was like, oh, well, I'm just going to make it really tongue-in-cheek and put it all over the field, but it just... When Margot Robbie was annoying. lying in the bed at the beginning, that was perfectly in keeping, no problem, but then she started putting her feet up in the cinema, who does that anyway? Yeah, um, and also like, the feet up in the car, like, who the fuck yeah. was yeah. that? Stop this, Pussy man. Cat. Yeah. I kind of... Get like that one feet. to an extent, but don't put it like across his side. Maybe you just check it on a, the dashboard. But that's where like, the weird, like hippie people they were. They were so just carefree and loving. They wouldn't care about doing that. We walk around with no shoes off. And, and but, but anyway, the feet thing, regardless, right? Do you know the thing that's good about this film is it is clear that Tarantino. We all know that he is a master of cinema. He understands cinema on a like almost above human level he's got a great awareness and understanding of the industry the studio system how actors flitted between tv and film in the 50s and 60s and he brought all of that understanding and put it into this film and it feels completely and totally authentic 100 yeah. percent. so wicked for doing that to be able to effectively create fake tv shows and stuff within the film and make them feel real great that's but all fantastic. even when he that's put all good leo's head on the great escape that was a bit of dodgy CGI, but... Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, and it went yeah, on it for was too meant long. To be, it was kind of meant to be dodgy, I thought. And it went on a little too long, that gag oh, as well. I thought it was brilliant. But the, the thing is, all of that aside, beautiful setting, location, in, integrity and honesty to the time, the people that we are watching, they're not. there's nothing going on for them that is, is, is in any way decent. What it is, is fucking Tarantino realising that he's now too old for this game and that there's a new way of thinking. There's a new brand of filmmakers and he's been pushed out. He was Rick, Rick Dalton, I thought. To, to, to an extent, but like, I thought that's even beyond, I beyond just that, it's like, I couldn't help but think, the more that time has passed, I couldn't help but think that Tarantino really is upset that this Harvey Weinstein thing has, has blown up because he knew and he's sad that his mate is, is getting into all this trouble. And this is his, like, fuck you to women. Because there is so much fuck you to women in this film. But I swear most of this film was done before that happened. What, you haven't heard of rewrites? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I swear this, this film would have been done. Well, they were yeah. filming this time last year when we were talking on the podcast. Mm, and that okay. was almost a year after the Harvey Weinstein stuff came out. Okay. Yeah, they definitely yeah, it's would have been, been filming. Because yeah. this is his first film, I think, without Weinstein as a producer. And yeah, it's honestly, Sony, isn't it? Not Miramax. Yeah. I honestly can't help but think that there is a, an unnaturally unbiased anger towards women in this film in so many different ways. And it's justified with the big climax, which we'll talk about later, but it's almost like justified violence at the end because of who they are. Uh, let, me, let me put something out. I hated that end scene. didn't really like Good. it. Good. I didn't know how I, as it was happening I was I was like do I like this and I was like oh, it's really annoying me now 
the bit where he's smashing her head into the phone and into the into the that was the uh, mantelpiece. I was like, what is this? Because there was nothing over the top like that in the rest of the film. It felt so out of place and yeah, so it was like over a the top. Film. Yeah, it was like a different film. He has a, th- a way about things. Like in Glorious Bastards, it worked perfectly because the whole film was violent and everyone was expecting this violence to come. But this was just like everyone's expecting the violence. Yep. But it was when it over first happened, I stupid. did think in my head, this is either one of the best bits of cinema I've ever seen, or this is one of the worst bits, of, like most random points. Yeah, it's action. weird. Like, I, I can't even make mine up. Kind of enjoy it. I, I, I kind of liked it in the end. I was kind of it brought out your little Indian child, just like, how oh, this is just stupid violence. Oh, this is brilliant. I know, but exactly, frozen. mate, exactly a stupid child. This is Tarantino. How often could we... We can't be doing stupid child shit all the time with him. Yeah, but you're going to see a Tarantino film, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, but but you didn't, because up to that point, there was none of that. Yeah, but you still expect it. Well, oh, expect it. Oh, right, so because we expect it from from him, that means that it's good when he does it. No, it just you just know him as a trademark. Well, you see his films and you're thinking... Had he you not wouldn't done think it'd be about keeping... Had he not done that big hyper-violent scene at the end and come to some other conclusion, it would have been a slightly more mature film than it was. He could have stopped them, literally just stopped them in their tracks. Like, okay, throw that can into her face. She's out. She's done. And then yeah. he gets shot, the other guy, and the other girl gets taken out, and then they get arrested or something, and I would have liked the film so much better. It was too much. It was just too much, and it was... I get it. Was, it was just wasn't coming. believable. It just wasn't believable, and it was just over the top yeah. and silly. It was, of course, over the top and silly and whatnot. But the the worst thing is, it's tar- it's basically Tarantino with a sort of messiah idea of himself. This is the ego on this guy, where he knows that it's only cinema, but in his head, he fucking thinks that he's now Changed corrected. History. Yeah, painted his version of history, and he's like corrected the events like we can't bring Sharon Tate back but look look what I've done I've done a a bit of justice in cinema for her but actually Sharon Tate was in it for about six or seven minutes in her entirety and I don't even mind that she didn't have many lines it's just that when she was portrayed she was portrayed as this like giggling idiot or maybe that's just Margot Robbie to be honest honest, it didn't it didn't mind me uh, how they portrayed her because um I felt like the less you heard from her and saw from her, it was more effective her getting killed or something at the end. Because I think you're, it's like something that's just happening alongside the story that you're yeah, just it's... only getting snippets of. And if it was if it was like you learned about her and then it's a whole like storyline coming from her, I would have been like, oh, I can't be bothered. Because I know what's happening. They're just trying to make me care for the character. Yeah. But I like the way they did that. But then... Then what was the point in showing her? But it's just it's just for Tarantino to to say yeah, let me look. I've changed history, which he just basically took from Inglorious Bastards, where he did it a hundred times yeah. better, and yeah. and he just thought, oh look, I did it this time. I'm going to do it again because obviously that film it worked really well, so it's yeah. obviously going to work really well again. But it's like no, just do something new. Yeah, do something new, do something new, and and also like tell a different fucking story, man. Because like this story is just. A, a couple of guys like oh fuck the, the world's turning against us, the world's moving forward without us but we got each other okay great you want to make a buddy movie and I believed it I believed their friendship that was all good I did yeah. I thought their friendship was nice it was very good to see and DiCaprio's acting was wonderful Pitt's less less so for me anyway oh, but then it's it. like but then it's like okay well that's tip, it's so typical in this story which essentially 
takes place with the backdrop of the Sharon Tate murders and, and the Manson family, you choose to focus on the two suffering males story. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking boring, man. When you look back on the great Tarantinos, this story will not stand the test of time. I agree. I don't know about that. They only time can tell, to be fair. But, I don't think yeah. I don't think this is going to be seen as a classic. It's already on IMDb rated lower than most of his like considered good yeah, outputs, it's like Django and Inglorious. And was that. it an eight point four? Isn't it? Or something? It's down. It's down to eight point two, and it will continue going down because this is opening week. Mm. I think Open it will settle one. around eight. No, in the UK, the UK scores are what's brought it down. The thing with this film, I feel like half of it is. It's, it's probably lost on me because there, there's probably so many little Easter eggs, so many little callbacks oh, yeah, to something definitely. that I wouldn't even understand that half the people be like, oh my God, I can't believe they paid like sentiment to that. It's so cool. I can't believe it did this. I can't believe it did that. And I could just tell like they were making so much, so much emphasis on some things that I was like, I don't really know what this is. So it's not. I know, but then that's me. the thing. Like it shouldn't, it's nice to have those moments in it, but if you've got a film that is relying heavily on that in order to be effective to some people, then mm. that's a loss. It's yeah. just like it's like a documentary in a way. Like yeah. I, sh- I should be able to watch a documentary about anything and not have a clue about it and come out of it at the end and have enjoyed it because it was well made. Yeah, yeah. I just enjoyed it. I just, I just thoroughly enjoyed the whole feel of the film, like the whole just them going to movie sets and like. Him just being on a movie set and like, I just and then you just when you're watching DiCaprio act in a scene like that, you do just he just take you just you just take over, don't you? He just you're just completely focused on him acting. Yeah, he's it's wonderful. Just, you he do is. get a lot, and you I just I just enjoyed the friendship between the two of them, and I I just had a very good time watching this film. I do get all the flaws and see everything that you're saying, but yeah, I, t- I, I totally enjoyed, enjoyed it as well. It's just it's just some something just wasn't right and it just left a little sour taste i enjoyed i I enjoyed the whole way through i wasn't bored at any point i was bored multiple times were you i thought uh, yeah i thought a lot it's like i I said it at at the time but there's stuff that was great that i was really enjoying and stuff that was like can we just move on from this now what did you think about this whole bruce lee controversy that so that is horrible i hate that so much I hated that scene where he was fighting him. I thought it was so. I thought it was quite. It felt if so it wasn't, if it wasn't. If it wasn't, yeah, because it was a dream. Mate, it wasn't a no, dream. It wasn't a dream. It was a flashback, was a flashback to what actually happened. Well, he was. Yeah, he was thinking. It was his imagination thinking it out. Yeah, but they are suggesting that he actually did it. It's not meant to be a, an interpretation. Well, he was wearing the same clothes that Leo was wearing, so I thought it was because he was a stunt work. double. Yes, but then when Leo was filming his new film, I thought it was him just thinking, "What about if I did it go down?" To the no, because he because he said, "Sorry, we, there's oh. no there's no job for you on this set." He goes home, fixes the satellite dish, and then he yeah. replays that thought in his head, saying, "Oh, there's no there's no jobs for you." I thought and it was him that thinking, scene "What would happen out. if he went down there?" No, no, no that scene plays out, and then he went, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's why." Yeah, which I didn't really like that line either. <laughs> I, I know. thought it was like no one would say that. <laughs> exactly, yeah, cheap love. Look, I, I mean, I'm trying to actually get my head in the fucking game here with some of the things that annoy me, but that, I'm glad you said that, because that was annoying. But I can see a bunch of people going, oh, yeah, look, Tarantino created a character that could kick Bruce Lee's ass. And Tarantino, in an interview the other day, said, he's my fictitious character, so if I can, yeah. if I say he can beat Bruce Lee's ass, he can beat Bruce Lee's ass. He's my character. It's like, yeah, all right, that's fine, Quentin, 
but like you're living in a disrespectful fantasy world in that case. How how the hell do you pay homage to to Bruce Lee and yeah. Kill Bill with the yellow jumpsuit and then just make him out to be a bitch? Because that's what he did. It wasn't just like oh he lost the fight. He made him out to be a whiny little snivelling bitch. I did not understand why he did that. And for yeah, me, I thought it was odd. Pitt in Tarantino films does not work for me. He's not. He comes across as really arrogant and horrible and unlikable. And that's that's totally a Tarantino thing because Pitt and other stuff works. But as Aldo Rain and as as Cliff, he's very arrogant and unlikable. The whole scene in the car when he's with that fucking hitchhiker. It, it's played so slimily that we're meant to think, oh, what a decent man he is, that he doesn't want to fuck this, like, young girl. Yeah. Because yeah, she's yeah. throwing herself at him. But, oh, but don't don't worry. Don't worry because he's still a man. He's still a man. He's resisting the young girl, but he's still a man because he chose not to fuck her. But she was coming on to him. It's like, Quentin, are you a fucking pedophile? You know Quentin Tarantino must be a pedophile, right? You know that he must be. There's, I'm, I'm serious. You heard it here His first. girlfriend, his, his fucking... Um, wife. girlfriends have been very 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 young in the past and his wife is young okay she's not a teenager but it, he's channeling some shit through his character mm. of, well, of Cliff, Leo for yeah, sure absolutely do. for fucking sure yeah I think it's disgusting I think that that scene particularly is where I knew that the film wasn't gonna be for me it was that hitchhiker scene yeah I, hate, I hated it, that oh, bit she was so annoying and that's again Tarantino ruining an actor because she, in Leftovers, is Yeah, she's not. great. Yeah. What about the bit on the farm? So the bit on the farm had good moments of tension, and it goes to show that he can direct like a, a tense scene and potentially a horror film in the future, but it all was for naught because it got played out. I didn't give a fuck about that old old man inside there. It dragged on exactly for so, so long. Mm. And then, and then he goes back to the car and then gets in the fight with that guy. It's like, this has gone on for so long. What, what was this for? And the, yeah, and the fact is, it, what they, and it, didn't even, it didn't even play out in the, in the future because no one, they didn't even recognise him anyway. Yeah. So there what's was no, the point? There was, that wasn't paid, exactly. There was no payoff to that scene. So this is the parts of the film I was thinking, I quite enjoyed that first time around. But if I rewatched that bit, I could see it graining on me, forgetting how long it goes on for, and then that goes nowhere. But when you're watching the film, I enjoyed it watching that part because you also think something's going to happen yeah it was great tension building great tension building and you're exactly right on the second go round but with no payoff anything no payoff and and it was just it was just like all the people standing outside like oh my god what they're going to do and then they just all disappear because that's supposed to be like a funny yeah she's only just she's the only one standing there (laughs) it's like I know I I, I don't know what he was trying to do there it was it was just a whole long scene that 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 like you said had no payoff whatsoever, just no. so we could say I know you from the ranch. Yeah, yeah, I it? did kind of get they didn't they didn't see him, did they? What do you mean huh? they didn't see him? Well, they didn't they didn't say to him at all when they got into the house. I recognise you. No, he said he I recognise you, but they didn't say I recognise. Even no. though even though them two, the guy and him, were standing in front of each other talking to each other, yet you know he didn't recognise him, even though it's only six months. Surely you'd go like, oh, I recognise you from somewhere. Yeah. He was only there for like a second. That's where the guy on the horse... Nah, he was chatting to him, remember? Can they said, oh. oh, he's chatting to Tex on the horse, and then he oh, rides yeah. away. Who knows? Who knows what well, I just, was supposed yeah, to do anyway? I just, yeah, I agree this film's got flaws, but I did enjoy my time. Maybe it'd be like most of the other time, like when I watch Django again, I'll just, it kind of drops a bit for me. I could maybe see this being the same, but for the moment, I enjoyed it. Funnily enough, this is probably the first Tarantino film I'm like, 
don't really care to watch it again. I was, yeah, I was about to say this is this sounds to me based on our podcast last week or whenever it was that this one you're 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 more uh, you're less enthralled with for sure compared to yeah. some of the other ones we were I'm, talking about. I'm not I'm not buying the steel book. Because I don't you know, care. Have you not got, have you got all the rest? No. What was you missing? Um, I sold I sold a couple. I sold Jackie Brown a while ago. Um. Anyway, this is not a conversation we <laughs> talk about on the podcast. People might be interested in your silver <laughs> conversation, your collection, and what goes on with it. I have all the major ones. I don't have uh, Grindhouse. Let us talk of Al Pacino's very boring scene. I kind of forgot he was in the film until he popped up again later on. I was like, oh yeah, shit, Al Pacino's in this film. Yeah. For highly, like, why get him to play that role, man? There are so many, like, so many things when you think about them. They, there was no proper payoff. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. I want you to be in Spaghetti Westerns. I want you to be in Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah. Six months in the future. Oh yeah, he's been in those Spaghetti Westerns that we were really bigging up about. And this at, is at the beginning, now. yeah. Yeah. This is after that now. So Al Pacino's character really didn't matter. They could have done that in thirty seconds. They could have done that. Yeah, but it's still Someone... nice seeing Al Pacino on screen. Of, with co- of course, it is. But not as, as well, yeah. about that anymore. Take him while you can. That scene where he was saying, "Oh, I watch this, and then I watch this, and then I watch this," and it's, yeah. it was like really boring. It was. Yeah. They could have done that in a better way. It was too was indulgent like, on Tarantino's part. That's what yeah. I was it like, was. "What? So how many times are you gonna do this? How many times have you got to say it? you could?" Be saying, and then I watch this next film, and then do yeah. a little clip of it. You could, they could have integrated the films into the into the film a different way, like a one that one that flowed better than rather than being stilted yeah. and and, you, and broken. A, a, another example of one that ran on too long when he's sitting with the girl before they're going on set for the scene. That was a nice scene, but yeah. it's like Quentin, cut this now, come out of it. Yeah. You, yeah. We got it, we've enjoyed it, and he, it ran, it ran, it ran. Does he edit his own films? It needed an editor. It fucking needed it one. It needs someone to it sit down someone with him else, and go. It needs someone who's really harsh at editing films and him in the same room, and they can maybe come to a mutual agreement. Yeah. It needs somebody who goes, no, no, we need to cut this now. Maybe if they, even if you think they cut it a bit too early, and then they can meet in the middle ground. Yeah, yes. I agree with that. That because it could have helped the long. flow of the film it more. It could have been a bit snappier. You know the scene with because he um, likes. He likes to shut a single a camera just stuck on one shot for a long time. He doesn't keep swicking between camera angles, does he? No. You know the scene where he does where he does the guest appearance on the show with Timothy Oliphant, and uh, yeah. the cameras like you said the cameras just kind of moving backwards and forwards throughout that. That again, nice scene, but then it ran on for so damn long. Yeah. The bit I didn't get was when he was talking to his new. Co-star. I remember he meets him before, not a bit on scene. I liked that bit when he was acting, and it kind of like I forgot my lines. That was I quite enjoyed that. But the bit before when he meets him for the first time and he's sitting on that director chair reading his book, yeah, whatever he was reading, it kept the camera jumps for no reason, and it really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, what it? with Timmy he was talking, and then he had it, yeah, and he's had his yeah, hat yeah. on, didn't he? And he didn't have his hat on, then then he had it on again. Yeah, it was trying to it was trying to like show how how long they've been talking for. And he's going on about himself and how he wasn't in, a, in yeah, the great escape and stuff. That just took me out of the film, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it might, something had happened to the film when I started. When I saw it first, and I was like, "Oh no, this is actually an effect he's doing." Yeah, didn't yeah. even notice that. You don't remember when Timothy Oliphant? He's talking to him and it keeps jumping. No. No. Would you think of um Damien Lewis as um Steve McQueen? Is it Damien Lewis? Yeah, it was, uh, that that scene was stupid as well. 
crass, crude attempt at like, like bringing Steve McQueen back to. to That's life. the whole thing. Again, it was like that scene could have been good if it was a payoff, maybe between the characters, but that wasn't. If it was, it's, like, it's, it could just, have been... it's almost like you didn't need it as well. And don't mm-hmm. don't even get a big name for for that. If you're going to have such a minor thing, like, because then it's just a case of, oh, how many stars can we get playing characters in this? I mean, he cut Tim Roth out, didn't he? It came in the credits, it's a Tim Roth and then I know, I noticed that. That's a shame. I remember Michael Madsen was in it, but I can't remember what he did. He had some cameo appearance in the very beginning. In the TV show bit. Oh, I'll come come bring him to you when it gets it. Yes. But anyway. Yeah, it's odd. Now, the more more I think about it, it's almost like he's trying to uh he's trying to be disrespectful to some actors like yeah. from the past like the bruce lee one he made and he made um what's his name what steve who's McQueen. you to say yeah he made steve mcqueen look like an idiot who actually couldn't get the couldn't get the women like mm. he thought he could yeah like was that was that the whole reason for that scene and and he made mm-hmm. him sound like i hate that whole the, the way that was written so he was married to this woman yeah and then this one and then he went yeah. with him, and it's like, this is boring. Yes. <laughs> what are you showing us? I don't is, care. It was, it was too indulgent. I think this is a movie for Tarantino to love and cream himself. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. This almost now we're talking about it now. It almost feels like it should be his last movie, like a goodbye to Hollywood. It does. Yeah, those, he, yeah, it does. Like, it does. He's done Whether it's, it's good his or love not, letter it now. Yeah. This is his love letter. Like he, it was a love letter to Hollywood in the time. He even put his own cinema in it, didn't he? Do you know when they go to the restaurant? The New Beverly. Yeah. And the, the lights are popping up with the porn star thing. Was that's his cinema down That's there, right. But also, it's got all these actors that he's worked with throughout his career, just kind of shoehorned in there. Like, what's her name? Zoe Bell pops up. Yeah, like, I hated. 30. I hated that bit so much. That was my yeah, worst. It was bit almost like he was getting all these actors in the film. But to, right, um, so now that you've brought that up and that that scene, let me come back to the the women hatred thing, right? Yeah. So how do we feel about the fact that essentially you're rooting for someone who killed his wife? Yeah, they didn't really focus on that as a point. No, they didn't like, like to focus too much on it. I didn't. Like, I don't really mind. I don't really mind that as a, a plot point. They could have. To be honest, they, it makes it quite gonna, interesting. If you're going to do that, you should have focused on it more. So you do kind of have a bit in your head. It's like, okay, I like this guy when he did kill his wife. Like, where did your moral ground stand? But they didn't focus on his wife dying enough for you to really care that she was dead. And he, yeah, killed it was her. only just for that one scene with Kurt Russell. I think it's quite clear that he did kill his wife, though. Yeah, I mean, it's quite yeah. clear, but there wasn't a point of you forgot about it in like another minute later because they didn't really make a thing of it. He could have made more of a thing about it. So, but it's said, a culmination of these things, right? This is the this is the big problem with it that I had the more time goes on. And it does come into the, to the sexism that's in it. That makes it a problem. That, coupled with his engagement with the young girl in the car, mixed in with uh, the sort of treatment of Sharon Tate. All right, forget that she didn't have many lines, whatever, but just the, like the, her, her portrayal. Um, the fact at the end that after everything that goes down in the house goes down, Rick Dalton walks away from his pregnant wife. That's what I didn't like. You'd walks be like, away no. from his pregnant fucking wife, was she who's pregnant? just been in the most traumatic situation ever. Oh no, she wasn't pregnant. Sorry, walks away from his wife and then goes as a drink and with goes other and has a drink with other people. Yeah, I'd have been like, moments nah, afterwards. He showed more stay. care to his best friend than his wife. And that's why the whole fucking thing is a boys' club. It, that's what it was. It was a boys' club film. It was about boys looking after each other. We're we're best friends together. We're gonna get through this together. And your measure of success is like if you can save the life of of, of uh, some woman. 
It's, it is it outdated. It is out fucking dated now. Yes, you can keep making these films for 20 more years, but it's I'm done with it. We don't need to keep seeing fucking male heroes saving everyone, white male heroes saving everyone all the time. It's particularly starting to piss me off when I watch films now like that because it plays into the mass audience. So, of course, these films are going to remain successful because that's the main audience. Young white males. So when you've got white male fucking heroes constantly all the time, stories that focus on them when they're actually more interesting and sometimes more tragic characters in the plot, but you decide not to shine the light on them, that pisses me off. And it's getting fucking boring. I don't mind watching these films from the 90s and the noughties and the 80s. These, these are times when those stories were fresh and, and maybe they were a little bit self-indulgent, but we hadn't seen too many of them before. We've had fucking 100 years of cinema now, enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still enjoy Adam. And, I, and I still, that's exactly what makes my opinion. Film. Yeah. I, I know I'm good and mate and I'm glad and I'm not saying you're wrong. You're right. You're right and I'm right. You're very right. It's this this film was there was something there was something wrong with it. It just wasn't it's Take such all an the sexual politics it's such an out. Odd the story film. isn't that interesting, is it? Take all no. of the shit about how he treats women. The 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 film is what is it? The only I've thing got, I got. really loved and what 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 made me rate it an eight is the relationship between Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and just yeah. them in the film. I agree. Like, I that's what enjoyed I enjoyed. Them. I agree. Everything Look, around it annoyed me. What he always does well though, he always has his character in a Tarantino film where you can't take your eyes off the acting. And every time, like you said before, every time they're not in the film, the film drags you to want that person back on. And he's done it so many times now that you've got to give the man some credit for that. He gets these great performances out of these great actors, and he always seems to bring them out. Not always, though. Back. Like I'm saying, like with Pitt, for me personally, Pitt's well, I, never I, worse I than with Tarantino. I still enjoy Brad Pitt. I enjoyed that. I, I what about his his, his, his shit eating grin that he has on in this movie the whole time? I have his no problem with Brad Pitt. It's not, it, I enjoy Brad Pitt. So, so, did you think that his acting in this film was up there on a level with with DiCaprio's? No, no, no it wasn't, DiCaprio but was I enjoyed him as a character. He, uh, DiCaprio's acting in the film is brilliant. Especially that scene when he's in the chair, when he was with that girl. Even though he's meant to be doing a good actor, that was still... You, I felt like you, I watched the whole film of him, that whole film that he was acting out in that scene. And you were like really engrossed in it and wanted to find out what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Who are you talking about? Again, he's just so captivated. You're talking DiCaprio, about DiCaprio when now. he was in the chair, oh, DiCaprio, yeah, with yeah, the little yeah. girl on his lap. Yeah, 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 agreed. Yeah. I feel like yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt's character was supposed to be low key in this. And yeah, it was meant to be low key. That's what it's supposed to be. Enjoyed. It was Brad Pitt wasn't meant to win the Oscars and stuff. When you've got DiCaprio having pretty much just as much screen time as 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 Brad Pitt did, mm. and then you've got DiCaprio's not over the top performance, but like loud and brash and out there. Pitt's is reserved. Okay, I get that. Is more reserved, but to the point where like, what am I watching you for, man? I don't remember any good standalone like scenes with him. But wasn't it meant to... Oh, the bit where the, the guy faced him with the gun and he was kind of high, I thought that, that was quite... Yeah, that, quite that, the scene was funny to start off with and then it went too far. Yeah. No, but the thing is, Brad Pitt, was his, he's his driver. He's his stuntman. He's, he's not meant to be overshadowing him at all. The only, film, the only part of the film when Brad Pitt was alone was on the farm and that's probably when you see him come out of his shell as a character a bit more. Yes. And that's when he is the centre of attention, and that's when he can kind of put on this flamboyant performance. Can you remember the rest one... of the film? He's meant to be second behind DiCaprio. Can you remember one good line of dialogue in this film? 
I did enjoy the line of dialogue like Caprio says in the film. And he says, what is it? Mate, to my missus, to my mistresses and my wife, may they never meet. I know it's a famous line, but like people say it quite a lot. But I did. And there you it. go, boys' club. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it <laughs> was the way. Know yeah. what I mean? That's what it's like. Oh yeah, look. and and uh, all the film bros go. Oh yeah, yeah. The only thing I can remember in the whole film is when he's saying, "Fucking Rick Dalton." I know. That's just because that, that. Why is that such a good line? It's been plastered. It's all not. Over no, the it's not a good line. But that's the only thing I can think of right now. <laughs> That's what it. I mean, because they're right, and it's a Tarantino film, so to not have yeah. memorable lines. He was like, "Who ordered some fried sauerkraut?" He says that as well, didn't he? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's all the but, trader, um, the trader stuff. Yeah, I watched um, my best friend's um, birthday today. I don't know if you saw. I did see that a, you saw it. And the line in it where he said when he came out of the shower and he could, your ass is like grass and I'm a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That was that good. Was a good line. That's a memorable, and that's only was it half hour of footage. Do you know what? If they had a two and a half hour version of my best friend's birthday, I would have probably preferred it over this. Wasn't that technically true romance? There's some things in there that went on to true romance, but I mean the storyline's nothing like true romance, though, is it? Not from what I, 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 I haven't seen true romance. So I don't, I don't anyway, know. we're not talking about that. We, we, yeah, we'll no. get distracted onto that. Uh, there was no Quentin Tarantino cameo. No, there well, he, wasn't. He was the narrator. No, was he? That was Kurt Russell. Yeah, I swear he was. That was, was Kurt Russell. Tarantino has a very distinct voice. No, it was Kurt Russell. It definitely wasn't Quentin Tarantino. Well, someone had someone told me he was the narrator. What? His was... wife's in the film. I don't know where she was. Probably know, sucking know, his dick. And also, what's his Kevin name? Kevin Smith's daughter. daughter. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. See, so look at this fucking her. boys' club, mate. Let's get one mates only, people in. Only fucking Kevin Smith could call his daughter Harley Quinn. I just uh, I enjoyed the film this is the thing I enjoyed the film but my reservations I want to talk more about my reservations because you've all got more the pluses, of a problem with Tarantino than you do with the film but, mate really. how do how do I when I've, I love Tarantino mate I was watching Tarantino before you were fucking watching films son when you were in diapers born. when you were diapers mate <laughs> I was watching Reservoir Dogs at like 12 fucking 13 years old VHS in my bloody bedroom and I fell in love with that fucking thing. I ain't got a problem with Tarantino. I've got a problem with what with his lack of willing to change. You can't keep... Oh, yeah. And he never will change. Well, then that's boring. That's boring. If you're not going to evolve with your art... Look how far then... he's gone, though, from Red Wild Dogs to that. Like, Red Wild Dogs is beautiful compared to that. Like, how has he gone so yeah. far? His... Money, the, money the, is the... what ruins Tarantino. He works yeah, well so... on a budget. He should not mm-hmm. be allowed to make big budget films. I think this film's too much. He's, he's got too much in it. I think that's what it is. It's, it's yes. not simplistic enough. It's too oh. much going on. So where do we go from here, boys, in cinema? Let's get away from this film. Here's my point, and I want to hear your point, because I don't want to feel like I'm just being... Because, you know, it's very easy to listen to what I just said and just go, well, don't, if you don't like it, don't watch it, or that's, that's good, it don't make sense. My point here now is I feel like we're at a point in cinema history where the stories need to start changing. We've had the same stories told by the same storytellers for a long, long time. And I don't just mean names, I mean the kinds of people, men typically, mm-hmm. and, and men's stories. And the way that women are treated in films is getting looked at closely now in a way that it wasn't 10, 15, 20 years ago. Women are pretty much peripheral characters. They exist as wives or like villains or something like that. Yeah. So now, 
can we really be saying that a film like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is doing the fucking very best it could? It's, be, it's a, in my opinion, a great disservice to women. And listen, it's just my opinion because I've seen a lot of fucking uh, women on Twitter who love the film. Mm. I think it's an odd one though because I find that strange. You can you could say you could say this is like going backwards in how we should be portraying women in film. But at the same time, this is a period piece about Hollywood in those times when women were treated that way. That's true. But I also think that he's done that intentionally because he longs for those yeah, days. At and the same if, time, he can yeah. tra- if he's willing to change the course of history, he should be willing to change the perception of the people in history as well. Look at that. Look at yeah. that. But Adam Put also just wants, just wants his mistresses and wives not to talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's the way it was delivered. It's just like a memorable <laughs> bit of... Sorry, I just had to destroy you then, Adam. I know. Well done. <laughs> it is a good film. It is a good film. I it's well made. I enjoyed my time watching it. It's I, an odd it one. Was great, it's it was very a great odd. escape. I was in a... I, I don't know. It just put me... I was watching it. I just very much enjoyed my time in cinema. And it was a... Oh, look at this. Like, this is... It was kind of refreshing as much as it was... Out, it was like you said, it's outdated, but it's also refreshing at the same time. It is what was refreshing about it? That's a genuine um, question. It's, it is, and it does have... Okay, you're going to go on about original, but it did have an original feel to the film. You haven't seen it really before. Because it's you've never seen the film before. Yeah, but it's like at the moment we are inundated with superheroes and sequels and remakes and stuff like that. Okay, you know you're so going to win is, me with that point. But it is something. It is nice to actually go to the cinema and be generally excited. Like you've got a great filmmaker like Tarantino still making films for us as a generation. Like yeah. you take it for granted. Like you've still got Nolan making films. You've got Spielberg making films. And you've got Tarantino. Like these people that probably go down. Scorsese's still making films. All these people that will go down in history of like the greatest filmmakers, and they're still here making good films or great I, films. I agree, you look but at don't it. you think that the the trouble with being this this person, this great filmmaker like Tarantino, Tino was and and is, is that because you're so good, you are held to a higher standard than others. So because so. you're held to that high standard, because this is the reality. If you Both of you. if you. If you tell me, go in a cinema now and you can watch a film by the Coen Brothers, a film by Tarantino or a film by yeah, s- someone else, I'd go into the Tarantino one because I'm like, okay, I know that Tarantino's is going to be good or you know you're distinctly get. his. So I yeah. want to go and see that. But if I then got this, it's like, no, the standard needs to be a little bit higher. We know how good of a filmmaker you are. So this film didn't yes. quite cut it for me. It should have been above this. This but from another lucky. filmmaker would have been acceptable but for him better mm. expect but it's also he's lucky probably the timing of this film is it where it has come out is this in this unoriginal period of cinema if it yes. was if this was during another type period of cinema he might have been people like no that isn't that isn't good but it is i think people do like it because it is refreshing to see what is it it's only the second film this year to make over 100 million pounds off an original script well the other one was us well that is good didn't beat us though it's made more. Well, it's gonna make probably eventually probably make more money. No, I'm us, saying it, it didn't beat us as a film. Oh, you preferred us as a film? Hell yes. I don't know about that. That's a. I don't know which I'm tossing over. I'm still. I still don't know how I think about us. That's a whole other cut the kettle of fish that we can get back into. Yeah. That's but, why it's interesting. Like when we w- watch a film immediately, because it does change 
as the weeks pass. Not necessarily yeah, the rating, I reckon but the, the way you might view go it. a bit your way. But because I was just, I just think I did the it did the romance of the film did wear off on me, and I just did get lost within the world. The the whole sunniness, it just felt like it had a good happy vibe about it, even though the film was about murder at the end. But it was sunny. People were kind of almost enjoying themselves. You were kind of you did just follow these two characters and enjoy it. And no, it I know what you. Nice. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. understand that. I it did was nice like to I see like be it. in that period. It was nice to be in that period. It was enjoyable. And it is, but yeah, but you can understand. You can see this f- film has clear underlying flaws. That yes, you can people ignore. You ignore when you watch the film because you're enjoying the film at the time, and then you sit back and then you look at it again, and you're like, it's like that whole Green Book Green Book discussion when you're watching Green Book. Yeah. For me, I I enjoyed watching the film. I didn't really think about any of the issues until you actually have to take a step back and think, wow, what did that film actually just tell me? Well, look, art works on all different levels, mate. People can people go and uh, just look at something and think that's visually pleasing. Some people want to read the story behind why the painter painted it. Everything's just as valid. But obviously with, with film, it's important to, like with Green Book... It's dangerous if you don't think yeah. about what they're, what they're saying. And especially if you've got a platform that he has, you should also probably take the platform more responsibility than you are sometimes. Can I tell you the best thing Tarantino did in this film? Yeah. I think I might have said it at the time. At, in the end, when they are driving up to the Tate LaBianca house and Tex is in the car with the three girls and Tex says, Charlie... That one of the girls said something like Charlie said that, did he? Did Charlie say that? And Tex said, You either believe that Charlie said it or you're calling me a liar. Mm. And then they go and do the killing. So this is as a as a Charles Manson aficionado, not I'm not calling myself a fan, this is what's very interesting, because Charles Manson always maintained that he didn't tell them to go to the house and commit the murders. He always said that Tex was the one who led the group. And when Tex came back to the ranch later that night, Tex said to him, look what we did for you. And Charles Manson said, you stupid fucking cunt. You just put me back in jail. I never told you to do that. And he stood by the fact that he said that. And even Tex Watson in jail has said, it was my my idea. It wasn't Charlie's. And even Sharon Tate's mama said, it wasn't Charles Manson that ordered it. It was Tex Watson. But America has pinned the blame on Manson for years and years and years and years that he did it and they ignore all of this confessional. So the fact that Tarantino put that line in the film clearly shows that Tarantino believes that it wasn't Manson's order. Yeah, or especially to the fact that he he changed his opinion very quickly and then they suddenly went to Rick Dalton's house. He obviously yeah. wasn't following Charlie's words so, yes. so much as it sounded like it did. Very true. And I was actually glad that Charles Manson was barely in it. Because I feel like I would have rated this a seven if he tried to really deal with Manson. Sure, mm. I like the bit when, when Manson leaned over to look at Sharon Tate very briefly. That was creepy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you watched Mindhunter yet? No. I've watched the I'll take my time episode. with it. I watched the first episode today. I'm quite excited to get... Because it's the same guy, isn't it? The same guy who plays Manson in this plays Manson in Mindhunter. You've seen the picture of him as Manson. He looks oh so looks so much like Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's only in one episode. It's not really about him. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just quite. It'd be quite interesting to see when he does come along. Like what he, the portrayal of the same person playing the same character on two different platforms. Yeah. So, shall we just say one? Uh, Adam, we'll give a word. Do the word thing again. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't. 
Are we done with this now? Yes. I think I'm, so. I'm happy. My I can't think here. of anything else I want to say. I think, though, that we can all agree, or maybe we can't, consider that we have been talking about this film pretty much since we started podcasting. In, our, yeah. in, the, in the old days when we used to do news features yeah. and shit, we were talking about this film. Yeah. I think it is safe to say that this episode shows that the general consensus is a slight feeling of underwhelmed, being underwhelmed. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting from it. I never, I didn't think I ever had world hopes that it was going to be another Pulp Fiction and it was going to set the world alight. Just mm. more of the excitement that someone is releasing a film like. Tarantino. I'm very glad that you enjoyed it, Adam. I did enjoy it. I the really liked their we, friendship. There, it worked. The fact is, we, we, we must and have honest, all enjoyed it because we both yeah. we gave it eight yeah, and above. Eight, but yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot wrong with you're it. giving it a very harsh eight, where I'm giving it a fair nine. Yeah, you're giving it a high nine, and I'm giving it a low eight. I'm giving it a fair nine. It's not a high nine. Okay, as, nice. as we like to do though during the during the film. Oh yes, yeah, great as we go along. I never went any higher or lower than eight. I don't. I don't really think. Of, I try not to think about that because I'm then you're always constantly thinking of a rating of a film. I always and sometimes do it. it's nice. I'm, to yeah, try I'm always doing it nowadays. Watch a film without trying to think. I've got to rate this. Like, what do I actually try and give this? now? No, no. But I, you don't decide it. But it's sort of like every now and then in the film, I just check in with myself. I'm like, something will happen. It's normally when something happens, and I go, oh, eight, and then something else happens. I'm like, oh, seven. And yeah. then something else happens, and I go, "Oh, is this going to be an eight? Yeah, eight. Ah, oh, nine. <laughs> that's kind of what my journey goes like. You sound like Monica in Friends. <laughs> yeah, seven. Um, but in this film, I did go down to six when I was watching it, and I what think, point? I think I, I feel like it was one of the really long driving scenes because didn't you feel like there was too many scenes of cars yeah, driving, driving with music. around? Yeah, with a soundtrack in the background. Yeah, it did. Do you know what bit really down. annoyed me when he played California Dreaming, but he didn't play the original version. <laughs> in my head, all I wanted to do was like, "Kicker, now you pay me the original song." Like that's all I wanted to hear at that moment in time was the original version. Of that that's song. his personal. That's his personal collection of of albums, son. I know it is. But I've just all I wanted to hear was like as soon as it come out, because someone just playing this song so I could hear it properly in all oh. its glory. Well, that was once upon a time in Hollywood. It was. Should we do no, our word? On. Yes, let's. Okay. Uh, give me a second to think of one. It's a hard one to do a one word for, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think without, I've without being too something. harsh in it. Yeah. Without think, being too yeah. harsh. Yeah. I don't know if mine doesn't actually make sense. Go on, do it. So yours. Mine was captivating. Mine's problematic. Mine's average then. Well, that's not whether. Okay, that I would. That's not a correct word to use in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Well, I actually had another word that I totally I'd forgot what I was going to say. Average is your overall. If someone went to how was this film, you would go average. You wouldn't say it say? as a word. Oh, like no. A, I was going to say fine. An adjective. <laughs> fine. Even that is. A, that's more of a description. I need, like, you need like a word that's an no, action. A always. fine, captivating, yes. yet underwhelming film. It's a problematic. I. Uh, I would love to. I don't know. I feel like you this. Would... The thing. The thing with this film is, it's going to provoke a lot of conversation. I would think. It's very hard because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But see, that's the thing. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But can I just say one other point, which ties into my thing about the new f- way of looking at do- making cinema? If if this was just a, an action film, 
or something brainless, you wouldn't hold it to this level of scrutiny. But yeah. it's because it's Tarantino and because he's a significant fucking director in the game that we yeah. have to talk about cinema then and what he's doing for the future of cinema. Because it, it has ramifications. Him and they want to be him in the new generation. Yeah, so what he puts out, if he's not pushing things forward, it's a What he a puts out sign. will be copied a thousand times, or someone else would, would be copied once or twice. So, let, so, Adam, this is obviously your top film of the year because it's your only nine. I, I mean, it has been a poor year in my opinion so far. So your top three in this order is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, followed by John Wick, Chapter 3, followed by Us. That's your top three. Yeah. Mr. Paul, where do you rate Once Upon a Time in Hollywood considering But if other... I watched it, I would rather yeah. watch John Wick 3 again. And well, I no, wouldn't but that's all... fine. It's not about rewatchability. Yeah. It's about what what, what you what you yeah. uh, enjoyed the most, what you took the most from, what spoke to your soul. Indeed. Paul, Can't ask me. What, your, yours is an eight, and your two films, Midsummer is your top eight, and Can You Ever Forgive Me is your bottom eight. Um, it'd go top Midsummer, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then Can You Ever Forgive Me. Oh wow! Ooh, I thought you were going to put it above Midsummer. I thought it was going to be your high eight. No, I, no, I, I kind no. of Midsummer knew was going to put that. Look at that! If I came out of Midsummer with positivity, I came out of Once Upon yes. a Time in Hollywood with negativity. The, and that's yeah. It's a mm. fucking interesting film. This one. What did you think about Leo's little advert for red apple cigarettes? I thought that I was a nice it. little touch. I thought it was nice. Yeah. That was a nice touch yeah. to all these other films, isn't it? Because he yeah. always goes on about red apple. But I'll tell you what was annoying for me about that is. Because I went to that press screening and I thought that all the cast were there. Right before they played the film, the guy came on stage and said, uh, if I can just ask when the film ends, if everyone can please stay in their seats till the very end of the credits, we have a little surprise for you. <laughs> so I was expecting them to walk out and it was just that fucking credit scene. Yeah, quite that a lot of people annoying. did walk out the cinema. The credits were only about a minute long as well. That's right. And on mine, it's, the, it's the, actually the top of my eights because my other eights were Avengers Endgame and Us. And I, based on what Adam said, it's true. I couldn't in all good consciousness give Avengers Endgame, the superhero film, higher than this original <laughs> content. So, once upon a time in Your Hollywood. heart wouldn't allow you to do that. Wouldn't allow me to do that. But You'd the thing be that's messed up is... I know. The thing that's messed up is... It's only just missed my top three of the year. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have thought that. It's not I've... been a strong year. But but it's important, I, can we all agree, that you can like a film and enjoy a film and appreciate a film. And still understand still have, it's... Yes, yeah. the flaws. And, and, and we have to be able to challenge it and say, you've got to do you can better still, than that. You can still dislike a film. You can still dislike a film and appreciate the good stuff in it. Yeah, you can, I suppose, yeah. Well, that's why we have this ranking system. Right, so we've just worked out where this places in our mass list of films we've reviewed. And so far, it places in between Infinity War and Buster Scruggs. So Infinity War being better and Buster Scruggs being not as good as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood takes fifth spot Yes. on our overall chart. Number four, Infinity War. Number three, Three Billboards. Number two, Avengers Endgame. And number one, John Wick, Chapter 3. Lovely film. I personally think that The Meg was better than this. <laughs> <laughs> In its own way, it probably was. Yes. 
Yeah, there were more Less women offensive. characters who had more to say in the make. It's very true. They weren't sexual objects. This is yet. this is the this is the film you sh- you've been we've been looking for, Ben. This I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the Meg. <laughs> so boys, so, what are we doing next? Be it, won't it? Oh yes, it will be it. Oh, yeah, chapter two. Exciting. It's longer than this film, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, it is. Well, maybe probably just about the same. Before that, for those who are still listening. Yes. Me and Paul are going to Fright Fest in London we this weekend. So we'll have Ooh, lots of goodies to review. We're gonna try and we're gonna try and record while we're there with our immediate reaction to the films. I think we're seeing how many films we're seeing, Paul? Nine films while we're there? Yes, I believe so. Three on Thursday and six on Saturday, and we're gonna try and bang them out, record them and upload them the next day. Do it might be a little up. bit more chaotic and noisy. You're gonna see n- yeah. six films in one day. Yep, Amazing. that's the Saturday lineup, mate. Your eyes that's are going to be so sleepy. I've never no. seen six films in one day at home, let alone in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most I've done at home is maybe maybe five. I'd have to think about it. The most I've ever done at the cinema is is four in one day. So this will be what mental. What the fuck were you doing? It was an all-night uh, marathon. It was a horror oh, okay. movie wedding marathon that coincided with the Royal Wedding about eight, nine years ago. So instead well, of seeing the royal wedding, fun. you wouldn't see horror films. Instead. It was all horror films that were filmed around weddings. It was all old stuff. So it was like Bride of Frankenstein, uh, the corpse, the bride vanishes, and shit like that. It was good. Mm-hmm. Nice. And we're gonna have a lot of fun. We I are. might bring you an interview or two. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> so keep keep. We're also gonna sleep on Adam's on the couch. Podcast. Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna sleep on Adam's couch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm about to say anyone else is welcome as well, but they're not, so I'll leave that bit out. Well, shall I round, this, po- shall I round this podcast up? As always, I've loved discussing film with you. Right, guys, you can get in touch with us at Filmbusters Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or you can email us at filmbusters at outlook.com. We also have our website, which is www.filmbusterspod.co.uk. And we also have our Twitter accounts. I'm at Filmbusters Paul. I'm at Filmbusters Adam. And I'm Ben is at Filmbusters Ben. ben. Because uh, he's disappeared. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I hate everybody. Uh. It's